That's not majority. It's it's not majority. It's not a majority. That's the largest. The, the excitement continues. We have another debate on the issue of Cape independence. How long are we going to have to suffer? I mean, you as the ANC have stolen so much money over the last 30 years. And once again, we're going to be answering and asking some very important questions. The ANC, the biggest group of terrorists that you can get. Is South Africa a failed state? There are many people, including myself, have decided to stay. Unlike many people of color who are leaving this country. It is not the bubble that we think it is. Why is there no progress on this bill to give the Premier of the Western Cape the right to call a referendum? Because we will get the Western Cape independent. Hello, my name is Donald and welcome to the number one media company, Worldview. At Worldview we explore everyone's perspective on all things that can broaden our world view. Today we have an excellent and first-rate panel with us. Cape Independence, linked with the Cape Forum, linked with Solidarity, are trying to divide. You can ask me, you can ask me all the questions because your time is up, now you want to steal my number. Let me tell you. If we don't uplift the poorest of the poor, then I will be ashamed of Cape Independence. Because independence as a self-ruling state was independence from a failing state which the ANC sadly has made our country look like. We are going to end with independence by way of devolution and you will play your part and I thank you for it. Now indeed it's a good question. Should we fight for Cape independence or for South Africa now? We do not prescribe to people how they should be governed but govern according to how the people would love the outcome for the realization of their dreams. In considering independence, one must consider the motivation behind the reasoning. Is not, perchance, the exigent need for independence actually the need to be independent from an ANC national government? Can the people of the Western Cape have better lives outside of the demeaning influence of the ever-failing ANC? Of course they can. They already are in the DA-governed Western Cape. So the people of the Western Cape independent, will have better policing and have safer neighborhoods to live in, which is why so many flock to our province at the moment. The people of the Western Cape independently will soon be free of the burden that is called CISCOM, apologies, ESCOM, because they can have clean energy, independent energy, cheap energy, a true focus of this provincial government, sooner rather than later. And of course, the people of the Western Cape independently will have better public transport with concurrent benefits which emanate from such a transport system. We already have an, an advanced system of housing. We develop housing differently in this province. We are focusing on energy resilience. We are focusing on environmental disciplines and the leisure which all of this incorporates. But you can't measure the Western Cape in comparison with the other eight failing ANC-governed provinces. You can actually compare the Western Cape internationally already but while people are flocking to the Western Cape, the true identity of all of us still remains South Africans. But they are showing, by coming to this province, how they actually envision the country to would have been governed. But there is a shortcut for this independence. We do not need to be a country of our own and drive an independence message apart from South Africa. It all starts 600 and odd days from now. Each viewer, each of us present here, knows people in other provinces, we need to vote out and vote out the national ANC government en masse to send a clear message to them that is true independence for our people of South Africa because ultimately 
We have seen the last 28 years a failing state, whereas in this province, which loves South Africa, which loves all South Africans, that true independence is a competent government, which is what we ultimately want as citizens of South Africa. Quickly, there's a provincial bill pending in Parliament at this moment. You're the interim leader of the Democratic Alliance. If that bill were to pass, will you call a referendum on independence or numerous other factors in the Western Cape, like police devolution or things like that? Well, in the, as the Democratic Alliance uh, in the Western Cape, we support the devolution of key aspects where, which is cru crucial to the functioning of the Western Cape. One such is policing. Obviously, a referendum is a different process. It's a different legislative process. But as a party in government, we will obviously follow suit. But once again, my question is, do we want independence itself? Or do we want to be independent yeah. of a corrupt agency? Will you call a referendum or not? That's my question. I'm here as the leader of the party, not as the premier of this province. So okay, a difference. thank you. Are you going to succeed, Mr. Alan Winders? According to um, the ACDP, we, of course, believe in strong federal powers. If you look at the country at present, what does the people actually want? And what the people want is a government that delivers services. For 28 years, the ANC has messed up this country. People want to run away from this green and yellow monster. We believe, uh, as the ACDP, that we should have powers over police, health, education, and much more. Let me give you an example. The Western Cape government is spending $1.4 on a safety plan, but it's actually a national government competency, meaning that the ANC nationally is actually failing to make sure that our citizens are safe. At best if power is devolved. If you do everything from national, they don't know what's happening on the ground. Communities needs to be protected. Community needs services, and that's not happening. So people are not running away and want, according to me, an independent state. What people want is a proper government, and they're not getting a proper government under this ANC because everything they want to do is centralization. Now, let me say, and a lot of people say, listen, you know, this independence and all of this is racism. It's not racism. People fought for this democracy that we have today. So the ACDB believes in strong federal powers where we have not oversight over the police or have certain rights when it comes to education. We must have operational powers when it comes to police. You know, I sit on community safety and police oversight, but that is what we have oversight over police, but you do not have any powers when it comes to the operational powers of police. South Africans are sick and tired of corruption, sick and tired of cadre deployment, and we need a shock in the system. And the shock must be 2024, where people will say, we had enough. South Africa is broken under ANC government, but we can fix it because we have enough people with all the expertise. And I mean, one of the things that we also know, and I can say it openly, skilled people leave this country. Why? Because they are judged by the color of the skin. The ACDP believes the best person for the job. We're in a mess because of cater deployment. We're in a mess because of bankies for bookies. So when we get people with competence to do the job, you don't have to pay two or three people to do the same job because that's happening under ANC government. 
We want the voter to speak 2024. Get the power away from a corrupt ANC. We love this country. We don't want, I mean, I don't want my grandchildren to leave. We don't want our people to leave. We want our people to stay to build this beautiful country that we so much love. You know, when the ANC want to criticize, they criticize you against guys, 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 guys. I like to approach this kind of thing a little bit from a conceptual angle. We have, uh, all over the world, we have uh, political entities which is of a, an organic nature, and then we have political entities which is of a synthetic nature. Now, peoples, cultural groups, ethnic groups, those are, in fact, organic units. But they don't overlap completely with states. States are normally formed as an expression of identities, but it does not overlap as such. And then we have problems uh, arise or we have new entities which arise in empires, whatever. And I, I would like to take it a little bit near Adam and Eve. And let's say in the Bible we read of two uh, empires, the Syrian Empire and the Persian Empire. The Syrian Empire uh, succeeded by crushing all other cultures. There was this one dominant culture, and that was the one that prevailed. The Persians had quite the contrary approach. They said the, the richness of the empire is expressed in the variety, and therefore cultures, religions, different ways of thinking were all encouraged. It were not... Uh, seen as an impediment to central government or to the government of the empire. It was seen as an expression of the wealth, the spiritual wealth of the empire. Then we have another model in terms of empires, and I would I like to call that the American model. The American model is also not very patient with other culture, but it does so with a soft power. When you enter America, you like to become English because it's nice to be. And that's another way of uh, taking away the variety within an empire. Now, South Africa, it was created in 1910 as an understudy of the, of the British Empire. And I always like to say it's bound together by strings. Good governance, good infrastructure, good services from state-owned enterprises tends to, or all tend to keep together a state or an empire. Once that dissolves, you need to take real action to protect the territorial integrity of the state or even this empire. Because I, I like to refer to South Africa actually as an empire because it's exactly what it is. It had been a British empire or a component of it. It had been an Afrikaner empire and presently it's an ANC empire. When we have the, the kind of tension that we experience today, there's a choice. Are we going to deal with this Persian-like or are we going to deal with it Assyrian-like? Because we have failed in dealing with it American-like. Now, I subscribe to the idea that there's beauty and inherent value 
in the cultural diversity. If we ask, do we fight for Cape secession or do we fight for South African existence? I want to fight for diversity. I want to fight for the, for the right and the competence of my own people, own community, and all other communities to do whatever they feel, to express themselves politically. Therefore, uh, to divide a centralized South Africa into two centralized states will defeat the goal. But at present, with the ANC as a uh, more Assyrian-like government, I'm really in favor of Cape secession. And the Cape is not just the Western Cape, the Cape is the Cape. But then what Solidarity does, they take someone like Heinrich and they appoint him, Kali Creel appoints him. Afri Forum. Afri Forum, sorry, not Solidarity. I don't say one and the same thing, but there are some serious links there. But Should we fight uh, for Cape independence or for South Africa? I don't want to get into a, a battle about the meaning of fight. But when you look at it, fight actually means to take part in a violent struggle involving the exchange of physical blows or the case of weapons. So for me, if you talk about a fight um, from where I'm coming from in the ANC, we definitely were part of a fight to defeat apartheid and also the, the legacy of colonialism. And in terms of this notion of fight, for us at that time, it meant isolating the apartheid government, it meant mobilizing the people, it meant building an underground, and it meant an armed struggle. So that's the period that we come from. So when we talk about this, I think it's quite a dichotomy, do we fight for the Western Cape independence or Cape independence, or do we fight for South Africa? The first issue that I think we must take into account that um, we are a democracy. I think um, the previous uh, gentleman described um, previous governments and said, you know, we had, I think, you know, an, an Afrikaans government and an ANC government. We have a democracy. The province that we're sitting in now is not ANC. Many of the cities that we sit in now is not ANC. So we have a democracy. That's what we have. And that's what people gave blood for, they fought for. And this, in this debate, that's what some people are talking about, changing the very product of a struggle, of a fight, which resulted in a constitution not negotiated by parties who get 0.7% of the vote when they ask people if they want Cape independence. But by democratically elected uh, representatives that went to parliament, consulted with communities, and adopted a constitution. That constitution, um, you've probably seen it, what the constitution also actually provided for, our national constitution for, was for any province that wanted to draft their own constitution to allow them to do that. In this constitution, for instance, there's a provision for the Western Cape to have an environmental commissioner. This province, after being in government since 2009, has never even used that power. We had to battle with and persuade communities to put pressure on the DA to actually get a children's commissioner, which is in this constitution. So they have a provincial constitution, um, but they're not actually using it. And so what I'm basically um, getting to the point is that we have finished the war. We in a democracy, we had a peace accord and we're trying to build a democratic and a non-racial, a peaceful country. So the issue of how do we then bring about change? It's clear that we have a responsibility as people living in this province to get the best possible for this province 
and to get the best possible for South Africa. That does mean a fight. So if parties want Cape independence, it's very clear what the constitution says they must do. They've got to go out there and convince people. If you're in the Western Cape compared to Eastern Cape, let's be honest, poverty is there. Inequality is there. Gender-based violence is there. Crime is there. So it's not... So when we begin to think that Cape independence is going to be a solution to all of these issues, your other solution is the ballot box. These gentlemen are uh, wanting to predict what's going to happen in 2024. Now, obviously, that's we're a democracy. So if you want a change and you want to a constitution, then you go out there and you convince voters. We've had free and fair elections in this country since the dawn of democracy. That's how we exercise what we want to do. We don't get violent, we condemn peace, we, we, we condemn those that want to undermine peace. When we respond, I will defend our president and why, in fact, there's a change happening the, in the, the ANC current president for the, the former one? The current one, okay. Cyril Ramaphosa, that's correct. Irrespective if my brother is white, black or whatever, he's my brother. So, so you he's agree with the ANC? Uh, On what? On, on, on what? Uh, that we were brothers and then... No, 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 you, 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 you got that one wrong. Let me just correct you quickly. Interesting opening comments. Thank you very much. And I, and I think I would just touch on one thing because it, it links in with what I'm going to say. And I think we need to see the ANC as the symptom of the problem rather than, than the cause. As citizens, we're battle-weary. We've been governed so badly, so long, And we've had to cope with such unimaginable levels of incompetence, crime, poverty, unemployment and corruption that we've lost a sense of how we're supposed to be able to live. So to make the case for Cape independence tonight, I would like to start by quoting chapter 20 of the African Charter on Human and People's Rights to remind us of how regardless of our race, religion and culture, we're supposed to be governed. And chapter 20 says this, all people have the right to existence. They have the unquestionable and inalienable right to self-determination. They shall freely determine their political status and shall pursue their economic and social development according to the policy that they have freely chosen. And I'd like to say this. The Western Cape people are most certainly not pursuing their economic and social development according to the policy that they have freely chosen. In 2009, when South Africa knowingly elected a corrupt and deeply flawed Jacob Zuma as president, 68.5% of Western Cape voters said no. A state capture unfolded, and when on five separate occasions the South African parliament voted that it still had confidence in President Zuma, the elected representatives of the Western Cape people voted for his removal. In 2019, when South Africa enthusiastically embraced all the empty and now broken promises of Ramaphoria, 71.4% of Western Cape voters saw through the ruse and said, no, thank you very much. As the expanded unemployment rate in South Africa escalated to 46.2%, the Western Cape people repeatedly voted for a more business-friendly environment so that our people could find work. As crime overwhelmed our communities in the Western Cape, having the second highest murder rate in the world, And as the last seven police chiefs in a continuous run going back to 2000 all had to be removed from office for dishonesty or impropriety, and when one of those dismissed is now the Minister of Police and people mockingly refer to him as the twat in a hat, the Western Cape people went to the National Council of Provinces and pleaded for controlling of policing themselves. But the South African government said no. 
In fact, we could talk all night about how the South African government has acted in direct contravention to the will of the Western Cape people. We could talk about how the Scorpions were disbanded <laughs> to protect corrupt politicians. We could talk about how race-based policy is forced on the Western Cape against its will. We could talk about how coloured people were told they need to disperse themselves throughout South Africa to find work and the attempts to marginalise the Afrikaans' language. We could talk about how approximately one million people have invaded land in the Western Cape, and how the South African legal system is protecting the perpetrators of crime over the victims of it. We could talk about cater deployment and state-owned enterprises. We could ask how did we as taxpayers end up paying 26 rand for a toilet roll and 200,000 rand for every wooden-handled mop at ESCOM. We could ask how on earth we ended up with Busiswe Makwabeni as our public protector, or how anyone could think Julius Malema an appropriate person to help choose our judges. But we can sum all of this and the argument for Cape independence up in one simple question. Why on earth would we allow South Africa to continue governing the Western Cape when we can so obviously do a better job for ourselves? And please, we mustn't insult our intelligence by suggesting that the ANC might maybe be gone in 2024, because even if it is, it will still be the people of South Africa and not the people of the Western Cape who will be deciding by which policy we in the Western Cape are governed. Thank you. We've asked this party to give us a list of all the cases that they deployed. The DA. The DA. Okay. Not, not, uh, not the 0.7% party, the DA. Uh, you know, Donald, what's uh, very interesting is that there's a, a German gentleman, Baron Klaus von der Rupp. Uh, I'm unsure with which of the different uh, German institutions he's aligned with. But in the 1970s, he said, if we disregard race uh, altogether, then there's a fault line in South Africa running from what was then known as Port Elizabeth to Freiburg. So it's a kind of a diagonal line from the southeast to the northwest. And on the one side of that line, it's a predominantly western-oriented uh, kind of population. And to the north and east of that line, you have a, a, a completely African uh, population. And he predicted back then in the 1970s that whatever the future of South Africa is going to hold, it's going to break on that fault line. Now, I think the line and the exact coordinates may be shifted a little bit. I wouldn't say Freiburg anymore, maybe more like Willy van Zouk, and uh, maybe not Kreberga, uh, but maybe Jeffries Bay. But it doesn't matter. The principle of it is that there's no inherent value in the lines of a state which was drawn by people. So why we should stick to that as if it is a kind of a, 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 a creational gift, this borderline of South Africa, I, I don't understand. It's much better to say, now, of course it can't be a country for each and every cultural group, because then one might have a, a crumbling situation, but some uh, consideration of the reality in state borders, I think, is in order. I think the debate uh, is about who South Africans want to govern them. We, have, we fought for a democracy, that's what we have. 
You know, the British um, have a terrible legacy of colonialism. They try to force uh, and divide Ireland um, by backing a smaller group of Protestants compared to Catholics. Look at what happened. Ireland is trying to be united. What's happening here with those that were calling for Cape independence is actually an attempt to exploit racial and class and other fault lines to take us back, to actually to take us back to balkanization. We need to preserve the unity of our country, but voters must, cho must make choices. So if people feel that the DA is messing up in the Western Cape, they talk about police, but they don't address the social causes of crime. Um, you look at the levels of, of corruption and deployment. We've asked this party to give us a list of all the cases this that they deployed. The DA, the DA okay. not, not, uh, not the 0.7% party, the DA. And um, <clears throat> they have simply refused because they accuse the ANC of deploying cadres, but they won't give us. He, he's the chairperson of the DA. We've written a letter. He didn't even bother respond to a PIA application. So he doesn't even respect the rule of law, respect the constitution, respect the rule of law. And this thing about race, if you, uh, a child in South Africa, whether you were previously classified white, colored, Indian, African, and your parents have a, um, uh, an income, um, less than 350,000 rand a month and your marks at school are fine. There's a national bursary for you, irrespective. So this notion, um, and I think that's the issue here, that the Cape Independence linked with the Cape Forum, linked with Solidarity, are trying to divide those that were, were classified as colored in this province. That's what this is about. So I say vote for those that you want to. Um, the fact that the ANC has won elections over all the years despite huge problems. I'm an ANC member since 87. It has been... Shocking to see things that have gone on in our yeah. movement. But we committed to renewing this. The president, I see sniggers about uh, Palapala. Why don't we let the, the law take its, its course? We have a strengthened NPA. We have a SIU that's actually working. We have a Zondo commission, which is big, has already started with prosecution. So if anyone in this room can't recognize that the leadership of President Ramaphosa has made a difference to this country, they are basically blinded. So we want a renewed ANC that is going to go back to the values of Nelson Mandela and take this uh, country forward. Uh, so my question is uh, directed at Tertius, and that is, you asked the question, do we want independence from South Africa or from the ANC? Well, it's quite clear for the last 28 years that the Western Cape has wanted independence from the ANC and the rest of South, and the rest of South Africa has not. Um, and why do you base that? Well, based on election results, we can see that ANC has never won a majority in the Western Cape since 1994 and in the rest of the country. Uh, so, no, no, in 2004, the ANC, you won 46%, that's not a majority. It's, it's not a majority. It's not a majority. That's the largest. The DA's won a lot more than that since then, 60%. But the point is, come 2024, it's likely we're going to see the ANC back in coalition, um, in government again, probably in coalition with the EFF. You know, you know, maybe the DA, but most likely the EFF. At the end of the day, the Western Cape needs a plan B. And actually, Cameron provided us plan B by prevent, presenting us with the Constitution. Because in the Constitution, there's Section 235, which gives the right to self-determination. And there's also the right in both the Western Cape Constitution and the South African Constitution for premiers to call referendums. Now, you've had a bill on, you know, you announced 14 months ago that you would have a bill to... Um, enable the Premier to exercise their right to call referendums, uh, but we haven't seen any progress on that. Why is there no progress on this bill to give the Premier of the Western Cape the right to call a referendum? Well, Robert, thank you for the question, and also thank you for pointing out that our party is busy drafting a DA bill 
which will guide the dear Western Cape and guide our Premier to how we envisage the road to what we call devolution, but also how we foresee that devolution. Because as a party that believes in federal principles, and we're already exercising some of those uh, within our province, when nationals said no for policing, we have leap to show that as a party, as, as it could be an alternative national government, our policies work. So when we go out and we engage the broader communities, when we engage uh, NGOs and NPOs across this province, you know, we can make tangible examples of how a DA-led national government will actually work. But we do not see ourselves separate from South Africa. We are seeing how we can make South Africa work better for all our people, which ironically Cameron from the ANC touched on, because he acknowledges that under our party governing this province, it's successful. And imagine if we were to govern this country. Obviously, um, there are those that seek independence. There are those that seek to see our province as a separate state. But for me, the question always comes down to, is it independence as a self-ruling state or is it independence from a failing state, which the ANC sadly has made our country look like? And for me, it's the latter. Because we have shown an, an alternative. It's now to engage the broader majority of this province and if you stop listening to history lessons and the voters actually look what's happening in the Western Cape, they will see why we are fighting for devolution of, of certain aspects, why we say that, need, that this country needs to be saved by an alternative government, not by a country that, that is stuck still in 1908. Look, as committed by our federal leader, we are busy with such a bill. We are set to have congresses in due course and like all DA-governed uh, documents and policies and even bills, it goes through a policy phase it goes through what we call a federal council or a federal congress where we will ultimately vote as a party. We have all nine provinces present as we move forward because ultimately we are doing it for the entire South Africa. Tash, quickly, are you going to succeed Mr. Alan Winder as the, the next premier of the, of the Western Cape? Thank you. Look, so one of the things I just wanted to touch on, and actually I agree with, with Cameron, that the, the, the key to this whole thing is democracy. So, uh, yeah, I think on that we can affect this common cause, it's what do the people want. I think where I disagree, and I think it's really important to make the point, is there's, there's a well-established mechanism for understanding whether people want Cape independence or, or independence or not, in this case, Cape independence, and that is a referendum. That is the international norm. We must understand that local government elections and... Um, and a, a referendum on a single issue are two very, very different things. And we want to establish what the Western, keep people, Western Cape people want. The means for doing that is a referendum. That's what's in the Constitution. Uh, that's what we're bringing from, the, from the, 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 the DA are bringing. And actually, we should just all abide by the outcome. Let's call a referendum. Let the people of the Western Cape decide for themselves. And let's all accept that will abide by the outcome. That's what Scotland have done. That's what many other people have done. And that is the means. We mustn't equate it back to party because there's, there's, there's a different issue. First and foremost, the first thing that people vote for in the Western Cape is to keep the ANC out. That is the first primary thing. Everything else comes after that. That's why we have to split that issue away. And we have to understand that we went into this election with, a, with, a, with, with effectively with a deal. There were three parties in the election that supported secession. And there were seven parties, including the DA, including the ACDP, who, who said in the voting guide that we, our organizers issued that they were willing to allow the people 
to choose for themselves in a referendum. And we did that deliberately. We, re we arranged that. We agreed it with a party so that the people weren't forced in a situation where they had to choose between support for Cape independence and support for the DA or the Freedom Front or the, or the ACDP or whoever else. So we mustn't conflate those issues. The way to, to judge support for, for independence is in a democratic referendum. And if we're really a democratic country, then we'll all agree to abide by the outcome. You know what is uh, very disappointing uh, this evening is when people talk about my people, diversity. Now we're diverse and all of that. But as the ACDP, we believe that we are a nation under God. We cannot divide people because of race, because of color. That has hurt us in the past. I cannot believe that people are saying, you know, people of South Africa and people of the Western Cape. We are a nation under God. And as the ACDP, we believe that everybody in South Africa, irrespective of what color you are, what language you speak, you are a child of the living God. And that is what we believe as the ACDP. So we want to unify the country, bringing people together. You know, we believe in God. We believe there's an almighty God. So irrespective of the color of my skin, my blood is red, your blood is red. Let's talk about reconciliation and not talk about my people, this and that, because of ethnic, because of race. If we believe that there is one God, God will bring us together. And that is important because, you know, as leaders, we must talk... Uh, Cameron Dabo spoke about we come from a past that tore us apart. We don't need that going forward. And I tell you, irrespective if my brother is white, black, or whatever, he's my brother. So, so you he's agree with the ANC? Uh, on what? On, on, on what? Uh, that we were brothers. And, and no, 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 no. You, 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 you got that one wrong. Let me just correct you quickly. I agree with the ANC that we come from a past that divided us. That is what I said. What I'm saying is, as a Christian, we are brothers and sisters under mighty God. That is what we are. Not, no, no, so, so, so all that I'm saying, all that I'm saying, because Freedom Front Plus, you're one of the people that says, my people. You're one of the people that said, uh, you know, uh, fight for diversity. <laughs> Nonsense. That's, that's old politics. We must get rid of old politics. We, you must, if you are my brother, and I'm English and you're Afrikaans, and we serve the same God, we're brothers. Okay. I don't want division. I want to love my brother for who he is. Just now, uh, the ANC representative, Cameron Dugmore, referred to the Western Cape Constitution and the South African Constitution, something which I read not so long ago. In Clause 3 and Point 3, the Western Cape Constitution reads as follows. The provisions of this constitution must not be interpreted as conferring any legislative or executive authority on the Western Cape, which is inconsistent with the national constitution. I find that problematic because the Western Cape would ideally be able to see itself in a federal state, as per ACDP policy, that the, that the province or the, st the future state would be able to have power over not just policing and, and, and healthcare and education and the things that the DA and, and others are pushing for, but that we, as the Western Cape, would be also able to determine economic policy. That is what I would like to see 
happen in a future independent Western Cape. Because under ANC, the present ANC's economic policy, we are seeing how our South Africa, a state in which there are many people, including myself, have decided to stay, unlike many people of color who are leaving this country, including the, the person who just up until recently ran Eskom, um, Kuburg, a colored man. Many people of color no longer see a future for them and their families in this country. I want to see a future not just for people of my color, but for the people of every color in this country. I want to see how the promises that were made to South Africans in 1994 by the ANC, by the National Party, who sold us a dream, are finally realized for the majority of people staying in Kailitsha. I think you know, what we're dealing with here, in a way, we know that our colleagues from the Freedom Front are giving the DA a hard time in their constituency, um, you know, calling the DA a liberal party. And so they have a, context, a contest for the same constituency. Um, and then we also see that those linked to the Freedom Front indirectly, such as the Solidarity Movement, and you have to give them credit for the way that they've organized themselves, but then what Solidarity does, they take someone like Heinrich and they appoint him. Kali Creel appoints him. Afri Forum. Afri Forum. Sorry, not Solidarity. I don't say one and the same thing, but there are some serious links there. But I'm talking about Afri Forum. And they say to Heinrich that, you know, there's this advanced debate about federalism going on. So the Cape Forum is essentially a project of Afri Forum to try and persuade those voters who were, who were classified as colored in the past that your future is not with the country. Your future is not with the majority. Your future is with us. And that, I believe, is divisive. That, I believe, is... And if I want to, I want to quote someone who disagrees with, with Heinrich um, and her, she's a, a, a journalist, um, and this is what she says. She says, Ek wil nie deel wees van a bedeling wat apart staan van die land, waarvoor familie en vriende hun levens gegeet, dan sal ons eerder, soos ons vandag ook doen, voortgaan om die ANC-regering te kritiseer en hof toe te sleep, om seker te maak dat selfs hulle die grond weg eerbiedig. Where does she come from? She comes from a respect for the constitution, a respect for our democracy, and what you do when you are unhappy. Now, the issue of the referendum... I can see you guys are trying, the, 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 yourself, Phil, and others are trying to persuade these guys to embrace the idea of a referendum. Now, in this province alone, we have 80% of agricultural land in the Western Cape in the hands of those that were regarded as white. No, sorry, it's 97%. 70% of urban title deeds are in white hands in the Western Cape. Worse than in, is that sustainable? Can we build equity if we carry on with that discrimination? What I pick up that is going on here is an attempt to preserve privilege and to fail to understand that the effect that we have to have redress, we have to have equity because people were, were discriminated against. And that's what the ANC stands for, a non-racial future, the constitution, and where we have messed up, vote, vote for others. We've got to sort ourselves out. No, I uh, completely want to associate me, uh, myself with uh, what Mr. Christian said about the universality, universal, well, how do you say that in English, of humanity. We are all people. We should all love each other. We should all love our neighbors. That is the, um, 
the, the summary of the whole, uh, what the wet and the profete, that's pretty good what I not in English can say. Nie. If you take that argument of Mr. Christians to the extreme, it would mean that we should have only one world government. There should be only one country because we have to unite people, not divide them. Now, evidently, that's not a, a possibility. And therefore, I would say one should make a distinction between uh, what I called organic political entities, which, if you want to, God made, and synthetic ones, man-made. We draw, drew the lines on the map. It was done in Germany in 1883 or 1884, whenever the, the Congress of Berlin um, carved up Africa into silly states, disregarding every organic reality on this continent. And that is what, uh, uh, what keeps us in perpetual conflict on this continent. We should really redress in such a way that we associate ourselves with the organic realities of different cultures, and that does not constitute any form of hate or personal dissociation or anything of that kind. Um, what I, what I uh, said by way of an interjection is, yes, if you take that argument, then Russia should, of course, take uh, possession of, of, of Ukraine, because just until 1991, it was one country. So what's this nonsense of trying to be a, your own little Ukraine? Be part of Russia. You know, that's a logic. I don't think it really works. Number one, independence of the Western Cape is for everybody who lives within, irrespective of race, color, and whatever else you want to put towards that. Number two, so if you want to talk about safety in the Western Cape, please go and speak to the people on the Cape Flats about safety in the Western Cape. If you want to talk about education, please go and speak to the people in the schools about education in the Western Cape. It is not the bubble that we think it is. So the only solution for us is to break away from a broken South Africa and build something new. I'd just like to touch on a couple of points because I think it's, look, it's a good discussion and I, and I value the input of everybody. Uh, first of all, I want to just, uh, Cameron, come back to you. If you, if you think this is about elitism, I promise you, you misjudge us. You misunderstand me. And I'm going to challenge you. I'll send you the link to write an article that I wrote called Tackling Poverty in the Cape of Good Hope, which focuses on how we lift people who live in shacks, in backyard dwellings, how we get people out of living in absolute disgusting circumstances we lift them out of poverty. Our role is to improve the lives of people. We've just, we just accepted that the rest of South Africa wants to make different decisions to us, and we can save the Western Cape. And in the Western Cape, bear in mind, now 20.4% of people in the Western Cape are voting for the government that's governing them and setting the policies. But I want to go back and I want to just talk to you about what it is privilege, because I, I agree. And I think farmlands, are, because so few people own farms, it's a bit of a red herring. It's an issue that needs to be resolved. But actually, what is white privilege? Because white privilege exists, it's real. I accept it 100%. But I'll tell you what white privilege is, and it's so misdiagnosed. It's first of all, being employable, 
having been through an education system where you've got the skills that actually you're functionally employable and then living somewhere where there are job opportunities that you can take up as an employable person. And they're the two things. And that's what we haven't got in the Western Cape. You've got 46% unemployment in, the, in, in, in South Africa at expanded rate. It's, it's the worst rate in the world. That's what, And we've got an education system where we've got a 30% pass rate. We're the second worst country in the world for maths. So actually, we're turning out people that aren't employable. So I absolutely, please, don't think that this is about privilege. It's about uplifting the poorest of the poor. And if we don't uplift the poorest of the poor, then I will be ashamed of Cape Independence. This is about improving the lives of everybody. You know, last night at 10 o'clock, I was in Mannenberg. So I'm not a boy from a Ritz uh, uh, family. I come from Bontiville. I sit in communities because I care for communities. I'm representing the ACDP in politics because we want to see the improvement of the people's lives. So I don't know if Cape Independence will solve that problem. I go to Mannenberg on a almost a weekly basis, Bondiwell on a weekly basis, because when I speak, I speak on behalf of the people. People think we sit in offices. People think we're not out in the community. I know what people are going through. I speak to girls and being raped. And, and I'm saying that will be solved with the devolution of powers. That will be solved with the devolution. People are shaking their heads. You don't understand devolution of powers. You don't understand. I must give you a lecture on what devolution of powers is. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, if we have control over the police, for instance, now, you, 1994 to 1996, we had an interim constitution. I worked in the Western Cape Minister of Police. He was called the Western Cape Minister of Police, 94 to 96. I worked in his office. I worked as a law enforcement officer from 85 to 94, so I know policing. And you know, every Monday morning, the generals had to report at the Western Cape Minister of Police's office, Patrick McKenzie. He was the, uh, the Minister of Police. We, we didn't call it oversight because he had real powers. And when we went to Mannenberg, we could make a difference because we had powers. That minister had powers to make a difference. When there was police shortages, he could say X, Y, and Z. So I know what I'm talking about, but 1996, when we, came, when we got the final constitution, those powers were taken away. And that, so that's why I talk about experience. I don't talk about what I hear, I talk because I was there. They just underline the point why we don't want devolution. The power was taken away from you in 96. What happened after 94? The ANC, the biggest group of terrorists that you can get, okay, fought, which Mr. Cameron said or their freedom, whatever, okay? What happened? They took the devolution, what the people had before, they took away. And what's going to happen with devolution, if you break it down, policing, healthcare, education, whatever, the DA might make it work. As soon as it starts working, the INC or the national government of that time, He's going to turn around and say, okay, you've had enough. We're taking it back. The same would happen to you in 96 in the police force. That's 
the cards that's being played on the table. As politicians, four of you are elected members. You must prepare yourself for something new. Because we will get the Western Cape in the bin. I've listened to comments and said I couldn't get the ladies. Then we spoke about the Cape Flats. And she spoke of crime. She spoke of education. Two examples of how, as a governing party in this province, through innovation and through sheer creativity of implementing our policy as a governing party in this province, we have seen, and you refer to the Cape Flats, and I'll use them as a good example. Last year's matric results, we had the most bachelor's degrees of any province in this country. More than half of that is from students within the Cape Flats. Do not underestimate the value of our kids living on the Cape Flats. It's through innovation. It's through doing certain processes differently in the education system in this province that we managed to get that success. You speak of crime, once again in the Cape Flats. In 2019, part of Premier Alan Windy's campaign was on safety. Being well aware that that's a battle that we will have to tackle with the national government. What did we do? Through innovation, taking governing, as a governing party in this province, our policy. We created LEAP. We created, after that, a rural safety program through the Department of Agriculture. But to come back to the Cape Flats, which is the area you referred to, we have seen in the 13 hotspots, 10 of those hotspots are not even the top 30 crime hotspots in the country anymore. That is innovation by this provincial government taking its own money. And that's why we call for the devolution of police powers so that we can be in control of deployment of police resources. It is very important for us because we have a failing national government that does not understand the needs of the people of our province on the ground. We do as a government because we don't sit in our offices. We visit these areas. We look beyond the problems to find innovative solutions because we can't wait for a failing national government. That's so why we can prove what we are doing as an alternative government in the Western Cape. As an Anglican myself, um, hearing what Ferland Christians has said, we need to understand very clearly what our constitution says. We are a secular state. We have people who are Christians, who are Muslims, who are Jews, who are non-believers. The point I'm trying to make, it fills back, feeds back to we're a democracy. Perhaps, just we, to clarify, a secular state is an, uh, a non-religion state. No, a secular state which, which has all religions are able to practice freedom of religion. Now, why I'm saying that in the context of religious conflict around the world, I think we can celebrate the fact that we're a secular state, that we're a democracy, but then you also have the, um, the ACDP taking positions against gay people. So if we're all created in the, in, in the eyes of God, what's the issue with gay people for the ACDP? What's the problem? And that's discriminatory to me, and that's why we have to have, because in his version of, of faith, then gay people are less than straight people. Gay people have got rights. Christians, Jews, have all got rights. So that's my problem. Let's start with the Constitution, respect democracy, and on the issue of today's debate, should we fight for the Western Cape? Should we fight? We have an, a national election and a provincial election in 2024. I think it's only fair. I'm not sure what the DA is saying about your request for a referendum, but if the majority of people in the Western Cape want Cape independence then stand on a ticket and say, vote for us. We want Cape independence and see what happens. That's democracy. That's democracy. And that would be my view. And Phil, I'd love to read what you say about the issues of poverty. That's the real debate that we've got to get into. And I think as someone who came from, a, uh, my father's a teacher, white South Africans need to understand that they are in a position because of structural 
affirmative action over decades? And how do we actually build a prosperous country for everyone? I would just like to say firstly, as a white South African, I'm very, very aware of these structural uh, processes that are, have been put in place to you know, negatively impact black people because those same structural uh, procedures have been put in place to negatively affect me, to make a better, more equal South Africa. And as a white South African, we accept it. We've accepted that, you know, it is time for redress. It's time for payback. But how long are we going to have to suffer? I mean, you as the ANC have stolen so much money over the last 30 years. Individuals in the ANC, yes, have stolen so much money. Agreed, agreed. But I, I just want to point out that you have stolen so much money that was supposed to go to regression, to, to regress us, to regress our society. But now the money's been stolen and we're not better off and we're still paying the price. Let me just uh, maybe just talk about certain things that were raised. The first thing is that I sit on the Education Standing Committee in the Western Cape and we visit schools. Do you know when we go out and visit schools, we have excellent principles. You must see what's happening in Mitchell's Plain, what's happening in Kailicha. We've been all over and there's really, it all depends on your teacher and your schoolmaster the captain of the ship. I saw strong females leading schools. Just last week we were in Mitchell's Plain and they told us, in Kailicha when I was there, they told us, you know, the after-school programs, helping uh, pupils to achieve. And that is good stories that we have. There's much more to do. But let me, so, so, so we on the ground when it comes to crime because I sit on uh, safety and security and I sit on uh, education. I'm very passionate about education. There's a lot to do, but at least we're in the right direction. We're better off in the Western Cape than anywhere else in this country. That I can say. Secondly, you know when the ANC want to criticize, they criticize, you against guys, 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 guys. It's all. They, they think we're just a party that talks about gays and just talk about abortion. But, but I spoke about so many things this evening. And then he comes with a low shot and says, no, you, you want to ask me, you can ask me all the questions because your time is up now, you want to steal my time. Let me tell you, for a Christian, for a Christian, we love everybody, but we cannot agree with the lifestyle of certain people. That is what it is. You don't hate the person. You love the person, but the lifestyle is the problem. And he knows that because he's an old politician, but he will come with cheap shots and confuse people. So, so, so park that there. Secondly, a secular state, Reverend Kenneth Meswe, when he was um, asking, because he was new to politics uh, when they were writing the constitution, he sat, in the, he sat there in the constitutional committee and he sat and they discussed it. And somebody jumped up and says, we a secular state. And the question was asked, but who said that? They said Desmond Tutu said that. We a secular state. A secular state, you cannot practice religion in state buildings. At the moment in the Western Cape and in this country, you can. You can. So you divide state and religion completely. So he's got it wrong again. An old politician, but don't know his facts. Another important thing that I want to tell you is that I really believe with all the energy in this room, we love this country, but we need to sit down, and, and we spoke in the break with Phil, 
let's work out how do we work together to save the people of the Western Cape? What is best for the people of the Western Cape? My son wanted to go to England. I said, please stay. We need your expertise here. He's an auditor. He'll be a CA now. I said, please stay here. If you want to go to London, go there for a couple of months, but come back. We need you here. Because I love this country. We cannot lose our talent. So there's a couple of things failing us. But I believe we all love this country and we want the best for this country. 20 years ago, I stayed in, not 20, 35 years ago, I stayed in Bonteville and festive seasons, we could sleep with our doors open. We can walk the streets any time of the night. People had respect for one another. If a gangster wants to fight, they fight amongst one another, get it sorted out. But they left the people alone. Come, we can get it right again to get where country, this country is a safe country again. But let me emphasize, the ANC with its corruption, with everything they did to destroy this country, this is the state we're in because of an incompetent ANC. So that is the problem that we're facing. So we have a common enemy, and that common enemy is the green and yellow monster that's destroying this country. So I want to tell you today, if you love this country, let's put our heads together. Unite, because we're all a nation under Almighty God. God loves us all. And because God loves us, we've got that love to see this country thrive and survive. Thank you. As the African Charter on Human Rights and People's Rights says, all people have the right to pursue the economic and social development according to the policy that they have freely chosen. Then why would we allow South Africa to continue to choose our policies for us when we disagree with them on virtually all of them. We've run out of electricity because the African voters have consistently elected governments who want cater deployment and race-based policy in our state-owned enterprises, and we don't want them. We have 46% unemployment because the African voters have consistently chosen socialist-style governments when we didn't want them. We have a chronic shortage of decent housing because South African voters have consistently elected governments who didn't understand that businesses to invest in affordable housing, they need to be able to protect their investment. We have some of the lowest educational outcomes in the entire world, because South African voters have elected successive governments who've reduced the pass mark to 30%, who closed the teacher training colleges, and who allowed the teaching unions to run amok. We're under siege and in fear of crime, because the African voters have consistently elected governments who are incapable of running a professional police service and who are unwilling to allow us in the Western Cape to even try to do better. We don't have the money to maintain our decaying infrastructure because South African voters have elected governments who are full of incompetent ministers driving around in luxury vehicles with VIP protection, giving tenders to their friends and family so they can all get stinking rich. And maybe in 2024, some South Africans may come to their senses and not vote for the ANC. But outside the Western Cape, the majority will still vote for parties who support race-based policy, where we support non-racialism, who, who, who support the centralization of power, where we support devolution, who support state monopolies, where we support competition from the private sector, uh, who will be largely monocultural where we are multicultural and who hate the Afrikaans language when it's the language most widely spoken by us. So I'd like to close by saying this. 
after 30 years of trying and failing. It's not our job as the people of the Western Cape to convince South African voters to think like we do. They don't. They don't have to. And we must all just accept that. It's time to say, you go your way, we'll go ours, and we can both be governed, both be governed, according to our freely chosen policy. What we simply cannot afford to do is to allow them, the South African voters outside the Western Cape, to keep on making decisions for us. And the only way that that's possible is in an independent Western Cape. Give me a reason to say, Phil, that um, the Afrikaans language is hated. That's, that's nonsense. That is absolute nonsense. Our constitution, our constitution, when we try and make Stellenbosch more inclusive, you say that's anti-Afrikaans. Actually, it's, it's elitist. Actually, it's elitist. Your position is elitist because it doesn't want to give access to one of our best universities to different languages. It's elitist. So that actually exposes what is going on here. This is a preservation of elite as much as it's, it's articulated. The reality is we have a democracy. If people in, don't speak on my behalf, I want, and the majority of people in this province want one South Africa with nine provinces that work together. 0.7%. Go to the voters in 2024, tell them you want and, and see what happens. But we are going to build this country. We're going to deal with the mistakes that and more mistakes that have been made. But it's interesting when people talk about corruption, they don't talk about the business sector. They don't talk about private individuals who corrupt. <clears throat> it's not the ANC stools. Every individual in the ANC, if you compare to the DA, if you are convict, if you are charged, you have to step aside. The DA allows counsels you in court to continue with, with what they are doing. When some elements in the ANC came to our policy conference and said the step aside resolution which the president, the ANC had pushed, should be scrapped, they were defeated. The president has given mandate to SIU. They're doing their work. The National Prosecuting Authority is beginning to recover. The ANC is a non-racial party. And the fact that in the ANC, it's the only liberation movement on the continent where African people, so-called white, participate in the struggle. Non-racial is, non is a key principle for us. So uniting this country is actually what the ANC is able to do. Whether And I agree with, I'm not going to defend corruption. I'm not going to defend... The, the, the appointing of people, but on state enterprises, we have a policy. That policy is clear on the balance of evidence. You either privatize or you keep it in state ownership. Look at what has happened in telecom. Look at the initiatives of the president now in regard to um, creating three separate entities. It's not as though the ANC isn't realizing it. But people, we've got a democracy. We fought for that. We've got a free media. Express your ideas. Go to the voters in 2024 and say to them, convince them, but don't speak on our behalf. We fought for united democratic South Africa. We fought for provinces to have particular powers. But now we're not fighting, we're building our country. I respect uh, Mr. Dagmo, who had been an ANC when it was still uh, illegal to do so and when he could land in jail for being a member. And I think that is important, you know, to be somebody who can swim uh, against the current. And I, I, I sincerely respect that. Uh, of course, I don't agree with many of his uh, opinions. And one of those that I don't agree with uh, was touched upon by Phil Craig of, of the Cape uh, Independence Advocacy Group. And that is that the question should be disaggregated between which party do you support and do you support Cape Independence?
without getting into the old bait of Brexit, the UKIP party never gained significant uh, electoral support. The UKIP party being United Kingdom Independence Party in the UK, Nigel Farage. That's right, yes. But then the Brexit party just got one or two members in the European uh, Parliament with the proportional system, but they advocated this idea, and in the end, the Conservative Party, like the Labour Party, were opposed to Brexit, but in the referendum, Brexit won. So the Conservative Party had to implement something which they did not support. Now, that might be uh, Mr. Simmer's uh, job one of these days, because what we ask for is let's disaggregate the two questions of which party do you support and are you in favor of Cape independence? I think that is very important. Something else that is also very important is to say that the existence of different states does not uh, take anything of the universal human love, which is part of our different uh, religious uh, traditions. Uh, I'm a Christian, and the, the love of all humanity is part of our religion, but there are many other religions with basically the same tenets. And uh, the existence of different states should be considered not in an emotional way of, now are you uh, hating the French now because you're a German or why can't uh, Belgium and Netherlands be one country? Do they hate each other? Of course they don't hate each other. They respect each other. Maybe they dislike each other. You know, I'm from Northern Transvaal, rugby days. I disliked the Western Cape when I was a schoolboy, like something, you know, evil. Um, because I was a blue bull. And, uh, but it's, it's not anything to do with... Uh, brotherly love of, uh, of your neighbor or your fellow human or anything like that. So competition uh, is part of the thing between states, between regions within a state. And then I want to come to the idea that there is a clear and distinct choice between devolution and independence. Now, of course, the road to independence, I believe, would go through devolution. The question is, what is your aim? And if you say your aim is independence, you are going to travel through different, uh, past different mileposts of devolution. And it may be that so much trust is created in this whole process that people at a certain stage who are in favor of independence may say, well, we've got everything we want without independence. We can stop right here. But I think it's a little bit uh, less likely. I think what's going to happen is that people will see the more devolution we have, the bigger the difference is, and the more devolution we want until we get to independence. And that's why I think whatever the colleagues on the left says, we are going to end with independence by way of devolution. And you will play your part, and I thank you for it. I think it's a very thought-provoking topic. But when we started this, is it fight for Cape independence or to fight for South Africa? 
And fight does not mean to take up arms. Mahatma Gandhi showed us you can fight passively without picking up arms. But what we are seeing is the natural evolution of our country. We have a very stormy history. I don't need to repeat that. But as a nation, we have evolved. Because evolution is not about survival of the fittest. Evolution is actually about those that can adapt. And the next stage of this country's evolution, and the first stage was done here in 2009, when the voters of the Western Cape ultimately adapted. They wanted a different evolution to what the rest of the country waiting towards. And they voted for a different party. They wanted to see governance excellence. They wanted to see people's lives being improved, irrespective of race, gender, sex, sexual orientation, or faith-based belief. They evolved. They adapted. So the next stage of this evolution is where we currently are now. In 1970, you saw the Labour Party uh, promulgating um, the evolution. In 1997, we saw it in Scotland and we saw it in Wales. It's a logical evolution, the adaptation of a people, of a nation that's busy happening. And that, for us as a nation, as the people of the Western Cape, that are proudly South African, I must emphasize, because we were part of this whole evolutionary process in this country, is devolution. Devolution means give back the power to where it's supposed to be, at provincial level. That is what, as a party, we are calling for. That is what we are seeing is going wrong, because as we seek to be active, governing the interests of the people, you see the reverse happening of a failing party that is on the wrong side of evolution. And I think you will agree with me, at over 100 years old, it's quite an ample time for the ANC to evolve to its next stage, which means we must actually bury the ANC in 2024, because it has run out of ideas. But part of that devolution, as we seek power to, in to empower our people moving forward, is a call for our communities, is a call for each one in that community to be part of that journey of evolution. It's time that our communities together stand together and say enough is enough. And that power is ultimately in our hands. Yes, devolution will have a next process. We don't know when it will be in the future. But for us, 2024 is that next step in the evolution of our country. It's to show that without taking, picking up arms, but picking up a pin, that we can act in the interest of the future by ensuring we actually have a government that acts in the interest of all. Not trying to break up their country, no, that's not what I'm saying. But that we devolve, get more power to where it's supposed to be, to allow provinces like the Western Cape that is competent to truly excel at what we've been doing since 2009. And that is important thing to take out. Let's fight for our country. The Western Cape is a terrific platform to show what good accountable governance does look like. The other eight provinces, we are since in, if you follow the election results in 2021, the evolution is now in the eight other provinces. You have seen key metros dwindling away from the African National Congress. Evolution is happening right in front of us. And the next stage is the devolution in 2024. But that is in our hands. And obviously, the natural process must follow its due course. And who knows what the future holds, because when we started this journey pre-1994, 
Nobody knew how long the real freedom would take. Evolution takes time sometimes, but it's how we can accelerate it together. But we don't need to be independent of South Africa. It's how do we get South Africa independent of a failing African National Congress by voting in 2024 to ensure that when we go to the next stage of our proud history, all of us are part of that history by creating a better future. Tash, just quickly, are you going to succeed Mr. Alan Winder as the, the next Premier of the, of the Western Cape? Well, first and foremost, we are part of due process. Parties have natural evolution. So I'm also a dissident party member, so let's see what the evolutionary future holds. Thank you, panelists. This has been such an interesting conversation. I love it that we kept it friendly, and um, friendly is also um, non-gay, or is it gay? I don't know, the old English, or is it gay or non-gay? We kept it that way. I, I love it. And um, to our viewers, thank you so much. Keep liking this video, share it as widely as possible, and subscribe to our channel. My name is Donald, and you've been watching Worldview.